just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Monday. We're starting out yet another week. It looks like it's going to be a busy one. The weekend from Friday on. A little crazy all about this balloon bullshit. And of course we'll we'll, we'll talk about that. As I've told you before, I'm down in Georgia now. My wife and I, we're in Savannah, Georgia. Our happy place, if you will. This is where we come. Uh, we have a small condo here. We like Savannah so much, we decided to do that. And we try to get down here as frequently as possible. I've said before in previous podcasts that the weather's better than Minnesota. Um, we love the culture, the history, the beauty, the food, everything about Savannah. I just truly enjoy, including the people. <laughs> it's amazing. Every time we come down here, I'm always meeting people, whether it be at grocery stores or on the street or whatever. And they are such nice people all the time. Now, that's not to say that Minnesota doesn't have some nice people. I mean, they are known for Minnesota nice, but uh, it's a different kind of nice. These are very warm people. I can get the sense from people. There's nice people and there's really warm people. And people down here are very much like that. I had an interesting experience. Uh, I went to Publix which is up the road here on Abercorn, which is a main street in Savannah. And uh, I had to pick up some things for my wife and I, so we had something in the refrigerator. And as I'm going through the uh, um, pay line, the cashier, I was talking to her, and she was a nice lady. It sounds like she was a transplant, too, from Iowa to Savannah, Georgia, by way of Texas, I guess. But she was very friendly, very nice, and we were talking about different things. And somehow the topic of potato salad came up. And I love some fucking potato salad, I just guarantee you. And she said, you should grab some of that southern potato salad. I go, what's the difference between southern potato salad and uh, northern potato salad? And uh, in the TikToks I did, I mentioned this, and I didn't get to tell people what the difference is, at least the way she told me. Now, we know potato salad has onions, maybe celery, it has mustard and mayo and potatoes, of course. But apparently the southern potato salad also has pickle juice and maybe some relish in it, too. And when I first heard that, I go, that's not a bad fucking idea. I kind of like that. So now I'm on a mission to try southern potato salad. Uh, I haven't yet. When I was checking out, I hadn't bought it. But what was interesting as I was checking out, this uh, gentleman about my age uh, was walking by the cashier and he stops and he looks at me and he goes, aren't you on TikTok? I said, hell yes, I'm on TikTok. He said, my man. And he fist bumped me. He said, I listen to you all the time. And uh, it just goes in line with what I was saying about uh, Savannah. These people are so friendly and so nice. And, it, and it's, it's very validating for me when somebody comes up and say, hey, I listen to you all the time. I mean, it's one thing to be recognized. That's cool. But when somebody says, I really like what you're doing and I'm getting something out of it. 
that is validating. I've told you the story when I first started doing podcast or doing TikToks. A lot of people said, oh, why are you going to do that? We know how you talk. You're going to cause trouble or uh, people aren't going to listen to you. And uh, as I've told you in the past, one of my most most prominent traits is I don't listen to shit. I'll just do it anyway. And I did. And of course, it worked out pretty well. And it turns out there's a lot of people um, like us out there that uh, maybe have the same mindset and would be open to listening to some loudmouth old white guy like me talk about this stuff. So it is validating for me. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you set out to do something and not everybody's too sure about it. But somehow in the back of your mind, you decide, I'm going to do it anyway, just to see what the fuck happens. And then when you find out you're right, it's really kind of, um, I don't know, it's, a, it, it, it's nice to have accomplished that. It's also nice to know that I have a fair amount of listeners out there that uh, actually take the time to listen, both to the TikToks and this podcast. So I'm, gonna, I'm having a good time down in Georgia. Uh, I'm going to be here till Wednesday morning. I think we're leaving Wednesday morning and flying back to Minnesota. Now, we'll tell you this, too. Doing the podcast down here in Georgia, I mean, it's fine. The atmosphere is great, but the technical setup isn't quite the same as I have at home. So it's a little more of a hassle. But uh, that said, you shouldn't notice any dramatic difference in this podcast as opposed to any other podcast. And I hope the last couple of podcasts you enjoyed. Uh, we had three podcasts with guests. Ed, um, what was the other one? Uh, there was Fred and there was, God, I can't think of his last name. He's the guy that does the leather crafts and such. Great shows. I hope you listened and I hope you enjoyed them. No guests today. It's just me. And uh, we do have some emails, though. First one comes from Jamie. Uh, Jamie's a regular emailer. Uh, her significant other is Billy. She'll mention him in this uh, email so you know who we're talking about. She says, good afternoon, Mike. It's me, Jamie, again. Billy and I are driving the coast of New Hampshire and listening to the podcast from 127. I heard you say something like, I have thought about Trump. Oh, she, she's thinking that I said something that she'd been thinking about Trump. I think he is at fault for the idiot Putin starting the war in Ukraine. The dumb fuck thinks he can stop the war if he becomes president again. Ha ha, no. We definitely do need that. Do not need that piece of shit in office again. Someone artistic in my town made a great sign for the dog park. I will send it. And it's a picture of Vladimir Putin. And uh, it says Putin on it, but it's spelled P-O-O-T-I-N. Kind of clever. Very good. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate that. And, and, and you're right. I, I don't know if he's at fault for starting the Ukraine war. But he's complicit. I mean... One of the reasons why Vladimir Putin felt comfortable in starting this is because of the preparation he did by using his willful idiot, that being Donald Trump. He let Vladimir Putin get away with a lot of shit, and it made it that much easier for him to decide to invade Ukraine. So you're right there. Uh, you don't have to worry about Donald Trump getting back in office. He won't be getting back in office, I guarantee you. You can take that to the bank. Um, Donald Trump suggesting that he could end the war 
24 hours if he was in office. That's in line with everything else he says. He lies, he bullshits, he exaggerates. At this point, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that there are many people that are really listening to him, even the Trumple fucks. I mean, how long do you have to go to be lied to and promise things and nothing come true? You give him all your money because he's going to do some big things, but then he doesn't. He puts it in his pocket, pays his bills, lives a lavish lifestyle. Even his greatest fans have to be getting a little tired of that bullshit. Uh, But he won't be back in office, I can assure you that. The next one comes from Ralph. Ralph says, hi, Mike, love your podcast and the many guests you have on your show. Just some info about California police academies. We were talking about police departments and training in in, uh, reference to the young black motorist that was killed by the five black uh, police officers in uh, Memphis. Now, what I've said before, certainly there's some racism involved in these young black men being killed by police officers. But in this case, it was black police officers doing it. Um, and, and that's when I said, you know, it, it, it's maybe partially racism, but it's also partially the culture of police departments at this point. They, they go into this with the wrong attitude. They don't seem to understand that they are to protect and serve instead of going into war and attacking anybody that questions them. Anyway, he says, just some info about the California Police Academies. I'm a retired police officer for the city of Pasadena in California. When I started back in 1989, the academy was about four months. Now it's six months, 984 to 1,006 hours. There are several basic academies. Smaller departments send their recruits to like the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Rio Hondo Police Department or Police Academy, which I went to in the Orange County Sheriff's Academy. Um, he goes on to say, now salaries range from 72 to 101 K per year, depending on the department you want to work for. Those officers in Tennessee need more academy time. I can't believe their academies is so short compared to California. Anyways, Mike, have a great day. Ralph, I know some of you are going to hear those uh, figures as far as the pay. 72k to 101k and you're thinking that's a lot of money man that's pretty good you know paying them enough money isn't the problem you got to remember if you're out in california particularly around the los angeles area 101k isn't quite the same as what it would be in memphis i mean it's it's a it's a fair paycheck but but the expenses in california are much higher but i I think ralph makes a good point in that um Training is the key and and really kind of being picky as to who's going to be the police officers. You have to have the right state of mind. You have to understand the job and you have to have the emotional temerity to actually pull it off. You know, a lot of these police officers just take this great offense to uh, somebody contradicting them or, or not obeying every command. <clears throat> and that's going to happen when you're in that business. I mean, anybody can pull out a gun or a taser and subdue these people. It's the people who can handle it uh, verbally, talk these people down, and get it done non-violently. 
I have to believe if a police officer has to get violent in order to uh, detain somebody, he's failed his job. I mean, don't they call them peace officers? Not warriors, peace officers. But too often these guys go out and think they're warriors, think they have ultimate power. They'll say something to somebody, whether it be legitimate or illegitimate, legal or illegal, and will insist on people bending to their every word. Now, it's important to follow laws, and it's important to give some respect to police officers, but those police officers have to earn a little respect. If they come out like thugs, well, they aren't being respectful and aren't deserving of any respect. So, as Ralph points out, and as I'll point out, training is a big part of it, both physical training and um, emotional training and kind of trying to figure out who these people are and uh, if they're fit to be police officers. There should be a lot of testing to see what kind of folks these are. You don't need somebody with a hair trigger, somebody that's going to lose their temper, somebody that's insecure, that wants to exert their power. This is a bigger job than that. And as I've said all along, I think what we need to do as opposed to defunding police, that's a ridiculous idea. Um, I think it's more important to make it a more professional job. Expect better people, pay better people, train better people on all aspects, physical and emotional, and then hold them accountable. That's been one of the biggest problems with police departments in this country. It's, it's the police unions. They keep getting these people off. Some guy goes, commits some egregious crime against a citizen. The union gets together, saves his ass, and puts him back on the street. Once these people realize there's no accountability for the things they do, of course, they keep doing it. They are sucked into the idea that they are all powerful and everybody has to bow to every demand. They start to believe it, and then that's how they behave, and that's how people end up dead on the streets of our cities for a fucking moving violation. All right. The final email comes to us from Tom. And Tom says, hey, Mike, the country has been captivated by the Chinese balloons this week, and the debate has been raging over its purpose. Why is there a balloon? Is it a spy balloon? Is it carrying biological agents? Is it a test to see our response so they can plan for future attacks? Currently, U.S. airspace ends at 18,000 feet. The Chinese balloon flew at 60,000 feet. My question is, do you suppose the Chinese may have flown that balloon over us at that alt- altitude just to bait us into shooting it down, setting a new precedent for what it considered sovereign airspace? So what he's saying there is the Chinese uh, want us to set the precedent that you can't fly over America at 60,000 feet so that the new precedent would apply to them too. So if an American plane is flying over China at 60,000 feet, they should be able to shoot it down. I'll be honest with you, Tom, that's, that's not out of the realm of possibility. That's certainly possible. There, there's probably more to the story than we know as to what it is. Is it a spy balloon? When I was talking to Ed in a previous podcast, he made a point. He said, why would they need a balloon with the satellites they have? They can read uh, your cell phone text message. 
they don't need a balloon to do that. These, the, the, the satellites that are already in existence can do all that and more. He goes on by saying, by setting higher and higher sovereign airspace thresholds, they could justify taking down low-orbit satellites without repercussions, or at least they think they can. He goes on to say, of course, I'm no military expert, and I trust that our generals are far more adept at this than I am. But when the idiots like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who couldn't make change for a dollar spew, shoot it down rhetoric, it's maddening. There's undoubtedly more at play than what we're capable of considering. Whether it be this or some other reason, I do believe our military is looking at every possibility. By the way, it's a shame I didn't bump into the boomer when you visited our little state of Vermont, but glad you liked it here. Good day, Tom. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't get to bump into you. Well, I will tell you this. We will likely um, be back in Vermont in the fall. What better fucking places are to be in the fall than Vermont? It's absolutely beautiful, a wonderful state. We had a great time, so we will be back. So maybe we'll be able to make that connect next time around. So we're talking about the balloon, and this has caused quite an uproar. <laughs> quite an uproar around the country. Um I know Marjorie Taylor Greene was upset that Joe Biden didn't shoot it down while it was over over the country. And she said something like, well, maybe our friends in Montana will just go out there and shoot it down themselves. <laughs> Which I find entertaining as hell when you consider the fact that uh, here's these guys going out with squirrel guns or AR-15s for that matter. <clears throat> and this balloon is 60,000 feet above the earth. <laughs> that's like 11 miles. There is no gun, rifle, or automatic weapon that can shoot that far. But that shows how stupid she is. Now, of course, Republicans are criticizing the Biden administration handling of a suspected surveillance balloon from China that entered the U.S. airspace. Um, but then something else came out, and I did a TikTok about it. Turns out there were several other times when balloons flew over, flew over this country during the Trump administration. And Trump was asked whether they should shoot it down. And Trump said, no, no, really, that's interesting. You're all over Joe Biden for not shooting it down when he ultimately did once it got over the ocean. So it was a safer situation. But uh, Donald Trump seemed to let it fly over the country. And this put the Republicans back on their heels a little bit. <clears throat> the balloon kind of looked like a large white orb to bewildered civilians on the ground moving eastward through the U.S. airspace for several days before the Air Force F-22 fighter jet shot it down with a short-range missile off the coast of South Carolina on Saturday. The interception was televised live showing the balloon exploding before falling into the Atlantic. Now, China maintains that the balloon was a civilian airship used mostly for weather research, but the U.S. claims it was a spy balloon that carried sensors and surveillance equipment while passing over sensitive areas. If you looked at the uh, balloon, you could kind of note that it had like these arms on it with these shields on it like it was trying to pick up things. 
I don't know if you need that for weather, but it looked a little more suspicious than a weather balloon. I mean, it could have been a weather balloon, but the bottom line is this was a horrible failure by China, unless they intended to do it, which, as, as Tom pointed out, that might be the case. Now, citing an unidentified senior Pentagon official, the Defense Department said in a statement on Saturday that the Chinese balloons briefly transited the continental United States at least three times during the prior administration, the Trump administration. Associated Press reported that officials also spoke of another such incident earlier in the Biden administration. None of those four incidents reportedly last as long as this week's, and it has not been confirmed whether the previous balloons were shot down. Uh, But I guarantee you, had they been shot down, we would have known about it. You don't send a F-22 up there with a missile and shoot something down and the press not find out about it. Now, according to the White House, President Joe Biden was first briefed on the balloon last Tuesday and a day later authorized the military to shoot it down as soon as it was in a location where civilians wouldn't be at risk of damage from the debris. But Republicans have spent the weekend criticizing the administration for not acting fast enough to take it down. Well, you know, I I don't know much about military weaponry, but it's one thing for the debris to fall down. But where do the remnants of the fucking missile go? You want that falling over Montana or Arkansas or South Carolina? I don't fucking think so. Now, when confronted about the various instances of Chinese balloons entering U.S. airspace during the Trump administration, the same Republicans that were complaining about Joe Biden kind of avoided giving a direct answer, which is what they typically do. I mean, this is so typical of Republicans, you know. They start talking shit about something, then immediately thereafter they're embarrassed because all they're doing is projecting. They're not... They're just stupid. They know we're going to find this out. Now, appearing on NBC's Meet the Press, Representative Mike Turner, a Republican from Ohio who chairs the House Intelligence Committee, refused to answer Chuck Todd when asked whether he'd been briefed on several incidents during the Trump administration. Instead, Turner pivoted back to his claim that Biden is not seeing the urgency of the situation. Well, now, he just asked you, he just asked you if, um, (laughs) if Trump did anything, and clearly he didn't, otherwise we would know about it, and he's worried about Biden's sense of urgency. Yeah, that sounds kind of fucked up as far as I'm concerned. Now, Tom Cotton was on Fox News. And he tried to blame the reports of balloons during the Trump years on former President Barack Obama. I mean, these these Republicans are like fucking children. They can't be accountable for anything, even when the proof is right there in front of their face. They can't say, yep, we did it. We screwed up. You're right. They just can't do it. I mean, this isn't the behavior of an adult. This is like a fucking child. Um. 
Cotton said, so I've spoken to a lot of former Trump administration officials. They say they're not aware of anything like this happening during their administration. Well, what the fuck are they going to say? Oh, yeah, I knew about that. (laughs) It's possible, maybe, that it happened first during the Obama administration and the military was told at the time that it's no big deal. Yeah, it couldn't be. Well, here's the thing. You guys didn't like Obama. If Obama told him it was no big deal, wouldn't you be the first ones to try to contradict Obama and say, look, Obama just let these go, and now we took it down. Isn't that what the Republicans would normally do? I fucking don't believe it. Mike Pompeo, who served both as a CIA director and Secretary of State under Trump, told Fox News on Saturday that he was not aware of such incidents happening during our four years in office. Well, have you ever heard uh, of uh, a Trump administration official lying? That's all they fucking do. Just because it comes out of Mike Pompeo's mouth doesn't mean it's fucking true. And, uh, and he's running for fucking president. Great guy. Um, so all the Republicans are, are saying it didn't happen. If it did happen, um, then it's Obama's fault. <laughs> and, of course, they had to ask the head cheese, the... Um, leader of the Trump Lafux, and that would be, of course, former President Donald Trump. On Sunday, he flat out denied that Chinese balloons ever entered U.S. airspace during his administration, despite the Pentagon saying it happened at least three times. Well, he's also the guy that said, yeah, I have no more classified or top secret documents. And then they searched his place and found 20 more boxes. So his integrity, his track record isn't real good. I guess we don't necessarily have to believe what Trump said. And then he said this, China had too much respect for Trump for this to have happened. And it never did. Just fake disinformation the former president posted on Truth Social. Trump also described the Biden administration's handling of the suspected spy balloon, which military shot down Saturday after it crossed the continent, as a disgrace. Do you ever notice that, that everything that Biden done is the most horrific thing ever, and everything Donald Trump claims to have done is the greatest of all time? This guy has a true illness. I mean, he is a narcissist, he's a sociopath, and he's a pathological liar. You can't believe anything coming out of Donald Trump's mouth. And he's proven that over the last six years. Now, he went on to say, they're only good at cheating in elections and disinformation, Trump wrote, in an apparent reference to his ongoing unsubstantiated claim the 2020 presidential election was rigged. (laughs) Got to get that hoax election in there. Even though now some of the investigations are showing he knew very well that he lost and he lost legitimately, but he still keeps persisting with this lie. And that's the one thing you will see out of uh, narcissists. They never back off. They double down, triple down, quadruple down, and they will never stop. And sometimes they'll even ramp it up a little bit and make it stronger. Um, The only time they back down is when they crash and they're exposed 
and there's nothing they can do about it. And then they fucking run away. I'm waiting for Donald Trump to do that. He seems like the kind of guy that will run away. Unfortunately, as a former president and several um, uh, several uh, Justice Departments investigating him, he won't get very far and he won't be able to run away. There's nowhere in this world he can go where he would be safe. Well, maybe Russia, they might cover for him. But I got to think that even Putin doesn't want him around anymore. His value is gone. He's a joke. He's ridiculous. He's a pariah everywhere else in the world. Vladimir Putin has no use for him anymore. When he was president, he was a useful idiot. Now that he's not president, is losing um, all kinds of uh, followers, money. He doesn't have any money anymore. Yeah, I don't think Putin has any interest in him either. So this balloon thing, you know, I posted about it and I said that, well, there was some that went over the country when Trump was in, in office. And of course, a lot of the trump will come in and say, prove it, prove it. <laughs> well, it came from the Pentagon, motherfucker. Who, where, what is a better source than the Pentagon to tell you what happened militarily? Okay, there's your evidence, pal. But since we're on the topic, where's the evidence you've been promising about this fraudulent election? The election fraud. Where's your evidence? I mean, we've heard Mike Lindell. We've heard Donald Trump. We've heard all Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani. They all claim to have all this evidence. But in the past two years, we haven't seen one shred of evidence. You've tried to take it to court. You've lost 60 court cases. Even the Supreme Court said, fuck you, shut your mouth. But this is what they do, the Republicans, the trump They keep trying to gaslight. They keep trying to bully. They keep trying to push the issue until somebody believes it. Well, now that worked early on in the presidential administration of Donald Trump. But now that he's out of office and losing credibility, most people aren't believing it. Oh, sure, there'll be a small group of maybe 30 percent, 25 percent of the trump that will believe anything that comes out of his mouth. Whenever these um, these trump come to my post on TikTok, they'll, they'll say something stupid. And I want so badly to engage them and embarrass them because it wouldn't be hard to do. But, of course, on... Uh, on TikTok, that doesn't make any sense because they'll just whine and cry and pout and have them take your video down. So I don't even bother with it. I even went on um, TikTok recently, even though I said I wouldn't, but it's my fucking show. So I'll do what I want (laughs) or whatever you want. Just tell me what you want. I'll do it. But anyway, uh, I was getting kind of frustrated with these folks. I said, you keep coming at me. Why don't you come on the show and we'll talk about it? Now, we've done it two times before with Trump LaFox. Didn't go well for them because they weren't very bright. I was hoping I'd get somebody brighter who wants to talk about stuff, but no surprise. Nobody offered up uh, their time to come and talk on the Rational Boomer podcast. So we'll have to talk shit about them without them. And you know me, I'm more than willing to do that. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. 
Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So you'll remember Alan Weisselberg. He is the CFO for the Trump Organization. Uh, he was convicted of 17 counts of fraud. He pled out to testify against the Trump Organization, but not Donald Trump. The Trump Organization was convicted of 17 counts of fraud. Now, Ellen Weisselberg only got five months in jail because he pled guilty and testified against the Trump Organization. A lot of people are saying, well, that's not enough time. Well, keep in mind something. He's a 75-year-old man. He's in Rikers. That's a hellish prison. You got to wonder how much pressure he can take, even five months. While it doesn't seem like a long time to us, you put a 75-year-old man in Rikers Island, that's fucked up. And he is not going to get off of this real easy. So Alan Weisselberg, he was the bookkeeper for the Trump Organization, currently in Rikers Island, five months. Uh, he was sharing the responsibility of 17 guilty convictions of tax fraud. Um, now, a lot of people thought they were done with him. He got his five months. He was going to get off. He'd get off when he was 76 and he'd be done. Yeah, well, not quite. You see, they really wanted him to flip on Donald Trump, and thus far he's decided not to. But he could get indicted for something else, which could add to his, uh, to his uh, time in prison. Now, if he wants to stay out of prison, he's going to have to bargain. And in order to bargain, he's going to have to give them something. And since he's already given him them the Trump organization, you would have to believe he's going to have to give him Trump. Is he willing to take the risk of spending more time in jail again and still not give up Donald Trump? I'll be honest, I'm surprised he's gotten this far without flipping on Donald Trump. It's truly amazing. Now, the there's a snippet that has him on the hook for insurance fraud, and it seems pretty clean, this uh, Harry Littman, this prosecutor, said. He is citing uh, recent reporting from the New York Times this week. It has him telling the Zurich Insurance Company to reinsure Trump that he had done an independent appraisal of the holdings of the company, and they hadn't. And if he wrote that and attested to it, that's pretty flat-out insurance fraud. That carries a couple of years. He's 75 and in a really bad spot uh, in Rikers. Five months is one thing, but if he gets another couple of years, that could be a problem. Now, the former Manhattan prosecutor spoke to uh, 60 Minutes on Sunday about his upcoming tell-all book, People versus Donald Trump, um, 
according to Pomerantz, former President Donald Trump could easily be prosecuted for many crimes that have been part of the discussions in the district attorney's office. Details come from the information collected in the investigation by the New York Attorney General, Letitia James. Now, you know that... um, um, you know that uh, Letitia James has a civil suit against Donald Trump. You know, the one where he testified, he was deposed and pled the fifth five, 400 times, more than 400 times. Something he said only guilty people do. But now in his circumstance, he says, it's the only thing I can do. Well, it's kind of a telling thing when a former president can't say, no, I did nothing wrong. Instead, he says, I plead the fifth, and what I say might implicate myself. As I've told you before, if this were a criminal case, pleading the fifth would not work against him. But given it's a civil case, uh, the jury can surmise that his pleading the fifth suggests he's guilty. So this isn't going to work too well for Donald Trump. I'm pretty sure he's going to lose this civil case. But in addition, he's got... Uh, all this evidence, and now the attention of Alvin Bragg in the Manhattan District. At first, he was talking about, well, I'm not going to go after Donald Trump. This gentleman, Mark Pomerantz, was one of the lawyers that was hired by Cyrus Vance, the predecessor to um, Alvin Bragg. And Cyrus Vance hired him and another hired gun to get the indictments going on Donald Trump. But then when Alvin Bragg came in, he pretty much said, yeah, I don't know if we're going to do that. And Pomerantz and his buddy said, fuck it, we're leaving. Well, Pomerantz now has a book coming out. This is going to put some even more pressure on Alvin Bragg and more likely that he's going to have to pull the trigger on something or look incredibly stupid. Keep in mind, if you're a DA in the Manhattan district, you get elected to that position. And if you look like a dumb fuck, You ain't getting another term, and you know that's prominent on his mind at this point. Bragg previously said that he didn't see a pathway to charge Trump for anything involving the Trump organization companies that skirted taxes by giving gifts to employees like cars, apartments in Trump Tower, and even tuition funds for Weisselberg's grandchildren. I don't, that makes no sense, but that's what he said, and that's what he thought. Now, there are questions about Trump's taxes in which he artificially inflated the value of assets to increase his value for the bank loans. He decreased the value for tax purposes, and he inflated Mar-a-Lago like 10 times its value. Among the things Pomerantz details in his book is that he thinks racketeering charges could be brought against Donald Trump. And that's some serious shit if that's what they do. But but again, Pomerantz was the guy going after Donald Trump. Elvin Bragg says, yeah, I don't know if we're going to do something. And he quits. So now he comes out with a book. And this is going to be a very interesting read. Very few people know about the crimes, know more about the crimes of Donald Trump in his business dealings in New York than Mark Pomerantz. So what's going to come out of this book is going to tell us a lot, tell the DOJ a lot. And... Um, be really pointed at the Manhattan District. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to pull the trigger. The pressure is going to be too much. Now, Pomerantz said Trump is guilty of numerous felony violations. 
noting it is a grave failure of justice not to hold Trump accountable by way of criminal prosecution. So he's basically saying, I know he's guilty. And if anybody should know, it would be Mark Pomerantz. And he's saying it would be um, a great, a grave failure of justice not to hold him accountable. Well, that's a slap in the face to Elvin Bragg and basically tells him he better fucking do something or he's going to look pretty stupid. Now, there's two levels here with Elvin Bragg, the DA of the Manhattan District. Of course, he's looking into the, um, the fraudulent business practices of the Trump Organization. He's probably feeling pretty good about himself right now after the Trump organization was convicted of 17 felonies, 17 crimes of fraud. So he's probably feeling strong about it. And if he's made any connection between Trump and the company, which how could you not? It was a small, there aren't many people that work in the Trump organization and Trump had his paws over everything. It shouldn't be hard to do. So now... Elvin Bragg is going to have to do something about it. New York State's version of the federal racketeering statute, known as enterprise corruption, was an ideal vehicle for prosecuting Donald Trump and the Trump organization. The Times cites Pomerantz. He wrote, Vance considered the idea bold, but others were unconvinced, the book describes. Vance then planned to leave office and wanted to make a final decision on whether to prosecute Trump before leaving. Well, why the fuck didn't he? Now, speaking to CBS News, Pomerantz acknowledged that prosecution often disagrees with the decisions of the DA, but he said this is a unique situation given all the evidence that we had and that nobody said, hey, the guy's not guilty, said Pomerantz. He went on to say that Trump's entire fortune and success are all based on lies. Now, keep in mind, this is the motherfucker that was investigating him for a long time. Like I say, if anybody knows, he knows. He's not saying anything we don't know, but he's seen the evidence. He's seen the proof. The financial statements that he prepared were given to the banks and had to be given to the banks in order to get the loans that he got. So he got hundreds of millions of dollars of bank financing in connection, he explained. So, you know, he just flat out lied. And that was his game. You know, he, he, if he was going after bank loans or insurance or something like that, he um, exaggerate the value of his properties. And in order to pay less taxes, I don't know how much less taxes can he fucking pay. I mean, didn't we find out he paid like $750 one year and many times nothing? I mean, how greedy is this motherfucker? But anyway, he would undervalue his properties so he wouldn't have to pay as many taxes. And this is one of the things that really bothers me. It wasn't the last six years that Donald Trump has been doing this. It's been fucking decades. A lot of rich people have probably been doing this for decades. Why has nothing been done? Why is it just now that Donald Trump is under the microscope why wasn't it in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s? He was doing it all for all those years, and nobody said a word. It's about time he become accountable for stealing money from this country and from all of us. 
you know how the Republicans want to um, hamstring the IRS by not hiring new people, cutting money to them? Here's the thing. If you had the IRS in full force, they could go after those people that cheat on their taxes. And if you were able to get all these rich people that cheat on their taxes after not paying many taxes in the first place, we would have a lot more money to do some things. The debt would be lower. We wouldn't have to deal with the debt ceiling thing. Um, Things for the people of this country could be paid for. But because of these greedy fucks and the unwillingness of the IRS and the DOJ to do anything about it, guess who gets fucked? You and me. And I'm getting tired of it. I'm sure you're getting tired of it. And hopefully we can break this fucking thing wide open and and get some things done. Now, there's one guy that uh, worked with Donald Trump, was in the administration that I particularly have a dislike for. Mainly because he comes off as really fucking slimy. He's a slimy fuck. And this story will typify my thoughts on him. Now, Mike Pompeo was with Donald Trump for the length of the presidential term. He worked with him for four years. As a former Kansas congressman, first served as director of the CIA before becoming secretary of state in April of 2018. Pompeo was serving in that position on January 6, 2021, when Trump supporters invaded the Capitol. Now, Pompeo discussed that day during a recent interview. This is what this guy said. Now, keep in mind, he may be running for president. He told her there was a bad day at the Capitol. The security team there failed to prevent these guys from rioting. Well, it wasn't just the security team. The former Secretary of State continued, That part of the day I regret. It's terrible when folks commit these kinds of acts of violence, and I hope they'll be prosecuted appropriately. Well, Mike, 700 of them have been fucking prosecuted. Um, But make no mistake about it, that night America also showed its strength. Vice President Mike Pence finished the election. We had a peaceful transition of power. Mike Pompeo is trying to gaslight us and tell us that on January 6th, we had a peaceful transition of power. Ashley Babbitt got shot. 150 police officers were injured. A couple were killed. The windows of the Capitol were broken out. They were walking through the Capitol, pissing and shitting on the floors and breaking stuff and stealing stuff. But somehow, in the mind of Mike Pompeo, that was a peaceful transition of power. This is why, regardless of who runs for president, if they had anything to do with uh, Donald Trump, they need to be fucking gone. They, they, they can't be uh, serious candidates for anything. So based on what we're hearing, Pompeo is likely to run for president in 2024, who isn't in the Republican Party. He has little chance to win the nomination against candidates like Trump and Ron DeSantis. When he was asked about Trump's looming run, he told, uh, he told the press, I think President Trump has made it clear he intends to run. He'll go make his case to the American people. I find it interesting that all these people want to run. Um, um, 
all these people want to run against Donald Trump. Now, a lot of people are thinking, well, Donald Trump will get mad at them and um, want to shut them down. The fact of the matter is, is that um, not necessarily. Donald Trump knows he's going to have a tough time in the primary. He can count on his 25 to 30 percent of the people voting for him. But he's going to benefit the more people that are in that primary because it'll split up the vote. He'll get his solid 25 to 30 percent and the others will split the rest, the 70 percent. But if you've got five or six people in there, nobody's going to get as much as Donald Trump. So Donald Trump sees this as an opportunity. I know there are a lot of people that are worried and concerned about Donald Trump being the candidate. I still promise you he won't. He won't either be able to do it legally, he won't be healthy enough, or he'll be so embarrassed and in hiding from all the litigation he'll be involved in, he won't have time to think about running for president. But even if he does, you should be happy about that. Keep in mind, he lost to Joe Biden by 7 million votes. So between 2020 and now, just two years, what has Donald Trump done to gain votes? If anything, Donald Trump has lost votes. He's lost support. So it's likely if he is the candidate, the Republican candidate, uh, it'll be even worse. I hope Donald Trump runs because that'll just make it that much easier for the Democrats. But I'll guarantee you the Republicans don't want him to run. They'll They'll kick him to the curb at some point. They'll make sure he doesn't run. Now, he could go as a third party, but again, it's just going to split up the Republicans, not the Democrats. And if he wants to do that, Godspeed to him, because it will only help the Democrats. Now, we were talking about uh, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg earlier. Um, We know he's working on the situation with the business fraud by the Trump organization, and now Donald Trump. Mark Pomerantz's book is out, so the pressure's on up there in the Manhattan district. But that's not the only case that Donald Trump really has to worry about in the Manhattan district. Alvin Bragg's latest move suggests prosecutors are nearing a decision about charging former President Trump in connection with the $130,000 hush payment to an adult film star. Stormy Daniels before the 2016 election. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office this week escalated the fight by impaneling another grand jury in the case presenting witnesses. So, you know, I've told you a hundred times, we only need one indictment. I don't care what fucking indictment. I don't care if it comes out of Georgia, the Manhattan District, the DOJ, someplace in Washington. doesn't really matter. You get one indictment going, and it's going to stop Donald Trump in his fucking tracks. Nobody will want to get near him. And the moment that one indictment comes, everybody will suddenly feel safe and say, well, at least I'm not the first one indicting a former president. And the others will fall. Once somebody steps up and actually does it, that's when we will finally see uh, a torrent of legal activity around Donald Trump. You know, a lot of people say nothing's ever happening to Donald Trump. Nothing happened to Donald Trump. As I pointed out to people before, a lot has happened to Donald Trump. 
His company has been convicted of 17 felonies. He's got a lawsuit going with Letitia James, the attorney general, that she's probably going to win. And that's to the tune of $250 million at least. Not to mention prohibiting any Trump family member from running a company in New York. And then you throw in all of the uh, investigations and lawsuits hanging over his head. That's a lot to take for a 76-year-old guy who's not in the best health, who's emotionally broken and mentally unstable. There's a lot going on with Donald Trump. You don't see it because all you do is see the truth social posts. But uh, in his little realm, I'm sure it is a fucking shit show. Now, legal experts and a former colleague of Bragg said the Democratic uh, attorney's actions indicate prosecutors are edging closer to the possible charges against Donald Trump. If they actually are presenting witnesses, the first thing I said is, oh, this is real, they're going for it, said Catherine Christian, former financial fraud prosecutor in Bragg's office, who was not involved in the investigation. Now, Trump has downplayed the development in the series on Truth Social Post, arguing that Bragg should focus on fighting crime in New York. Isn't that always the case? Some dipshit gets pulled over for speeding. Why aren't you catching criminals? (laughs) The former president painted the investigation as a witch hunt. How many times have we fucking heard that? And warned about statutes of limitations, referring to the time window in which prosecutors can bring charges. Some radical left crazies coupled with the ratings crushed and failing fake news are trying to get Bragg to go the prosecutor, prosecutor, (laughs) it's late, I'm tired, prosecutorial misconduct route and take a certain very weak case, which are dead anyways, based on the statute of limitations, fight violent crime Trump posted on Wednesday. Uh, He's losing his shit right now. He is upset. Now, Trump attorney Ronald Frischetti and Bragg spokeswoman Danielle Filson, Danielle Filson, <clears throat> did not return requests for comments. Now, if you're, you know, keep in mind, anything going on in the grand jury is, is secret. No, nobody's going to know what's going on. We've got four or five grand juries going on just around Donald Trump. We've got two with the DOJ. Um, with the insurrection and the classified documents. We've got uh, um, Georgia. They finished up the uh, um, grand jury, and I'm suspecting we're going to hear possibly an indictment out of Georgia sometime soon. Uh, If there are indictments coming, they're probably going to come out of Georgia quicker than they are uh, um, uh, out of the Manhattan District or the DOJ. You know, again, I think I think the problem with this is everybody's scared to death to be the first one to indict a former president. And I'll grant you, it poses some problems or some difficulties. There's no question about that. But as um, some other people have said, what we're looking at, the crimes committed by this former president are so egregious And not like anything we've seen in history, drastic times call for drastic measures. And I think that 
if Donald Trump get, just got off scot-free and didn't get invi- indicted for anything because everybody was afraid, that would cause more of an uproar, more of a problem for these um, legal entities. So they're kind of in a, in a tight spot. You have to understand that if Donald Trump is indicted on any level from any jurisdiction, it's going to be the biggest case in history. And it's going to get a lot of attention and it's going to be contentious and it's not going to be easy because he's a former president. I know that sounds ridiculous, but the fact is, it's true. Whoever wades into a trial against Donald Trump is going to be in it for the long haul and it's going to be messy. There's no question about that. Now, the fact of the matter is, is I'm not even worried about the outcome of the trial. I'm worried about the indictments falling and the trial starting because there could be multiple trials starting. And what will happen is, um, whether he's convicted or not, it could take two years before he's convicted of something when you're in the court system. But it doesn't matter. If he's indicted and tied up in all these legal problems, He's not going to have time to do anything, and he's going to shit himself, not only literally, but figuratively. When he's cornered like that and has nowhere to go, he is going to start start talking even crazier than he already has. It's going to be wild. Now, some people are suggesting that if he gets indicted, that Donald Trump will once again incite another January 6th-like situation. My opinion on that is he may try, but I don't think you're going to see another January 6th insurrection. And the reason for that is, is because, first of all, his support has fallen off considerably. There still are some crazies, and there might be a a crazy person or two that does some crazy stuff. But I think a mass attack like we saw at the Capitol on January 6, 2021, won't happen. Because all of these people are gutless. You know, Donald Trump wants you to believe that Nancy Pelosi somehow was responsible for the attack on the Capitol. And that it was because she dropped the ball or specifically did something so the security couldn't handle what, what happened on January 6th, which is absolutely ridiculous. This is how silly they are. Why in the world would Nancy Pelosi want to stop the certification of the president in her own party? They can't even fucking explain that. They're, so, they, they're in such a bad position, they have to come up with lies that just are not fucking believable. They're just not believable at all. But still, they want to do that. But you have to remember, on January 6th, it was a much different situation than we have right now. Donald Trump was president. He hamstringed the National Guard. The Pentagon pretty much oversees the National Guard in Washington, D.C. Mike Flynn's brother was in charge of that, and he's just as big a Trump-humping piece of shit as Mike Flynn is. And they held him off. I don't know if you remember... And this was before January 6th. There was something come out, a document that showed something that came from the White House to the Pentagon, to the National Guard, of all the things they wouldn't be allowed to do on January 6th, specifically that day. 
Many of the tools they would normally use, they couldn't use. Many of the actions they would normally take, they couldn't take. So Donald Trump had already started to try to hamstring the National Guard even before January 6th. See, this is where the conspiracy aspect of it, the planning of it. They would like you to believe this just happened because people got out of hand. It's not. There was a lot of planning to this on many different levels, and we're finding all of that out now. And that's the kind of thing that's going to be exposed, and that's the kind of thing that it's going to be impossible not to indict him for. It's so egregious, so blatant, so obvious, and these people are so stupid, they didn't even cover their tracks. They had every idea and intention of what they were doing, but they weren't smart enough to cover it. And that seems to be the case with all of uh, the trump They will commit a crime. They'll do it in your face. And then they'll say, no, we didn't. We didn't do that. Well, that may have worked when Donald Trump was president, but it's not working anymore. It's just not going to work. Donald Trump is a criminal. There is no question about it. His administration, largely criminals. His family, criminals. The people who were the insurrectionists that took his lead and were incited by Donald Trump, they're all criminals. Never in the history of this country have we seen something like this. Like I said, it's, it, it's always weird and hard to indict a former president. But we have seen things that were so bad, so dangerous to this country, and it keep, there's more every fucking day. Every fucking day there's more. So the idea that Donald Trump will not be indicted is absolutely ridiculous. Logically speaking, I don't see how that can happen. Now there are those people that say, it'll never happen because they're pouting and they're being babies about it because it's not happening as fast as they'd like. But the fact of the matter is, it's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, he's going to get indicted. Bare minimum, one indictment. But once one indictment falls, he's probably going to get several indictments. And then his world is going to be turned upside down. The last thing he'll be able to consider is running for president in 2024. In fact, some of these things might be able to bring the 14th Amendment involved and make it so he legally can't run. Honestly, I think that that is one of the things that every one of these jurisdictions is looking at over and above Uh, prosecuting and convicting him, they want to put him in a position where he cannot run again. I think most people of a sound mind see Donald Trump being president again as the end of this country and the end of democracy. And nobody of a reasonable mind wants that. Anybody that wants Donald Trump in are fucking crazy. They're traitors, they're treasonists, and they're enemies of this country. Even if there's a trump fuck listening to this right now, like I've said, You're more than welcome on the show, and I'd be happy to talk to you. If you're so smart, um, come and take it to me. Prove me wrong. I know you won't. I know they won't. And, And part of me is glad, too, because honestly, while a lot of people listen to the times that I've talked to Trump LaFox, it's 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 almost kind of boring. I mean, it's not even hard to beat these people. They all say the same things like Mike Pompeo and all the Trump administration's people said about the balloon. Oh, I never heard that. That's always their reply. I never knew anything about that. Well, then you can't fucking read, motherfucker, because it's out there. And uh, 
if we were to ever get another Trump the fuck out there, I'm sure that would be the same strategy it would take. Lie, even though they know it's a lie, and just say, well, I don't know anything about that. We'll wait and see. And as I've said before, that's the line they always love to use. Just you wait and see. But every time they use that line, guess what? Nothing fucking happens. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm in Savannah, Georgia right now, going to be here till Wednesday. And then Wednesday, I'm headed back home to Minnesota where it's fucking cold. It's actually nicer now. You know, it's about third in the 30s in Minnesota right now. And here in Georgia, it's not tropically hot. I mean, it's like 65, 70 which is a lot better than 10 below, which is what we had when I left fucking Minnesota. Let's hope we get spring early, and by the time I get back on Wednesday, we're in full swing spring. Yeah, that's not going to fucking happen. I'm going to have to put on the heavy coat again and and, uh, struggle through it until I can get back down here again. All right, you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.